it's just being fit for life, isn't it? I'm training for my sport, but I'm training for life as well. Welcome to Ordnance Survey's Get Outside podcast and the Get Fit, Stay Fit edition. It'll help turn your fitness resolutions into reality. Over the next half hour, comic relief coach Professor Greg White will give you the same advice he gave David Walliams and Davina McCall. If you are tenacious and you persevere, you will achieve. The founder of Red January, Hannah Beecham, will show us how to make fitness a habit we won't want to break. To have people in your corner and backing you, it gives people that boost of motivation on those cold and dark nights. Paralympian and Ordnance Survey Get Outside champion Mel Nichols will outline her personal sporting journey. I do remember watching the Beijing Paralympics whilst I was in hospital and that was a, a catalyst that inspired me to think a bit differently to how I could react to it. We'll hear why getting and keeping moving is so important. Inactive people die earlier, they die younger. An Ordnance Survey Get Outside champion and Peak District Mosaic champion Yvonne Witter will keep the motivation coming. Forget about body shape, you've got the determination, the motivation, whatever you put your mind to, you will conquer. For more on how to enjoy being active outside, head to getoutside.uk. And keep listening to Get Outside, the Get Fit, Stay Fit edition from Ordnance Survey for inspiration, motivation and practical tips. Ooh. 6.30, a typical winter morning. It's, yep, cold, dark and wet. And to keep these new fitness resolutions alive, I think sometimes we need a little inspiration. Time to bring in Professor Greg White. He is an Olympian in modern pentathlon and also a professor of applied sport and exercise science at Liverpool John Moores University. But you're more likely to know Greg from coaching countless celebrities in comic relief and sport relief. Nothing good comes easy. The idea that there's a magic pill that you can take which will suddenly make you fit is untrue. You have to work it, but it's that work which makes the outcome, you getting fitter, so much more rewarding. I've worked on 32 comic relief and sport relief challenges. We've raised over 50 million pounds for people much less fortunate than ourselves. The people who do them, the celebrities that do them are almost always incongruous to the challenge. You don't think David Williams will swim across the English Channel. You don't think Joe Brand could walk 140 miles or Davina could do an ultra triathlon. And because of that, I think actually that, that's what makes them really attractive and really motivating. But I think that the one thing to remember when you do watch that is that they start from the same position as many people do. Invariably, we start from a position and it was, it was a word. It, I mean, it drove me to write my, my book called Achieve the Impossible because it was a word that I heard so often on those challenges. And that was, it's impossible. Can't do it. It won't be done. It cannot be done. And I think the fact is that if you take the right approach and, and the right approach is, is a structured, planned approach to this, I think actually anything is possible. It brings us back to this idea of being an elite athlete in the sense that it's about being tenacious. It's about repetition. It's about continuing to work in adversity. When you look at those challenges and you watch you know, Davina swimming across Lake Windermere, for example, which is probably one of the most iconic moments of those challenges, it was the perseverance and the tenacity to continue on which made her successful. And I think that's what we can all take out of this is that, and, and so much more motivating. So 
nothing good comes easy, but if you are tenacious and you persevere, you will achieve. You're an expert in sports and exercise sciences, so you can help us on the basic notions of why it's good to be fit. Are there just some key statistics that you'd like to highlight that can really bring it home? What we often talk about is mortality, which is death. And what we do know is that inactive people die earlier, they die younger. Being active reduces what we call all-cause mortality. Uh, And in fact, if we think about things like heart disease, cancer, stroke, are all reduced through the role of physical activity. And in fact, some of those, cancer, for example, is reduced by over 30% in some forms of cancer, like bowel cancer and, and breast cancer. It extends life. I think probably much more important than that is actually about what we call morbidity or quality of life, is that if you are physically active, what you have is you have a much better quality of life. You have a a lower instance of infection, particularly as we age, which is really important. What we do is that there is an inexorable decline in our physical functional capacity. We, We lose muscle mass through a process called sarcopenia. Aerobic capacity starts to fall. But what exercise will do for us during that period is it actually will maintain muscle mass, strength, mobility, agility. And particularly in late older age, what it will do is it maintains function to allow independence. But it's that classic saying, it's not just about years of life, it's about life in those years. And those are stark statistics, aren't they? That's the physical side of it, the the mental health side of it. There's some, some telling stats there as well, I think. The people who are generally physically active on a regular basis, we tend to see lower rates of depression, lower rates of suicidal ideation, improved moods. There's almost a paradox to it in the sense that we often think if we exercise, we're going to feel more tired. The paradox being actually when we exercise, we feel less lethargic and more vigor. So actually we feel more energized, particularly, and, and you know what's really important for ordnance surveys, that the great outdoors, what we do know is that exercise has those benefits but when we take it into the great outdoors what what happens is 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 that those benefits are elevated and you know coming back to our earlier point this is absolutely not about being an elite athlete and in fact there is no spandex required for this (laughs) it is simply about movement you don't need an expensive gym membership you don't even need to sweat what you do need to do is challenge the system so to increase heart rate increase breathing rate but actually you can do that with brisk walking so now we know we, this is something we really should do. However, there's sometimes a, a lag, isn't there, between knowing we should do, do something <laughs> and actually feeling that we can get started. I mean, it may be that our physical and, and or mental health is such that even taking that first step feels incredibly remote. So if people listening are in that position or they know somebody who they think is, is there some simple idea or some simple thing that may help us take that first step? Probably the simplest thing that I would say is, look, anything that increases movement is positive. Everything has a positive effect. Don't think about a a gym membership or spandex or running a marathon. Simply think about moving more. One of my mantras is do more today than you did yesterday. If yesterday you only stood up once, then today stand up twice. And if you repeat that day on day, eventually what happens is that progressively you move into a position where you are more physically active and you create an active lifestyle. If you had five top tips, what do you think they would be? Do more today than you did yesterday. Do something you love. I can't tell you how many clients I've had who say to me, oh yeah, I'm training to run the London Marathon. I say to them, do you enjoy running? And they say, no, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> and you think, why Why pick that? There's so many things that you can select. So I think pick something you love. 
pick somebody to do it with. I think fourthly is about variety. You know, variety is the spice of life and it's definitely the spice of exercise. You don't have to run. And I think fifth, there's this thing in psychology that we call mastery. And that is, if you are struggling with motivation, do something new, something that's outside your comfort zone, because learning a new skill becomes self-fulfilling. As you start to master that skill, you get such fabulous feedback that what it does is it creates motivation. Things like ballroom dancing, for example, a fabulous form of exercise, but critically, because it's so technical, you learn a new skill and it keeps you motivated. And the professor's inspiration and information has got me out for a lunchtime walk today. But what about tomorrow and the next day? Well, let's hear from Hannah Beecham, the founder of Red January. That is a nationwide initiative to help us get active every day in January to beat the blues away. It can be any form of activity, walking, running, cycling, cold water swimming. We hope and we've seen that people start to form a healthy habit with physical activity. So it supports them well beyond January as well. So what is it, do you think, that makes the big difference? Because getting fit is one thing, staying fit is something else. It's so true. And actually, it's one of the reasons that inspired Red January, people setting perhaps unrealistic goals at that time of the year and almost starting the new year off on a, on a kind of a bad footing and putting a lot of pressure on themselves to be achieving these big goals. But for us, the thing that we see as part of the Red January experience and the reason why people continue it well beyond January is fundamentally that community, so that support system. And I know I'm incredibly biased to say this, but it's so supportive. Everyone is so motivational. So actually to have that, to have people in your corner and backing you, it gives people that boost of motivation on those cold and dark nights. It goes well and beyond just that kind of habit forming of, of getting out once every day. That community really bolsters that in such a special way. What difference does it make to you if you do that chunk of exercise a day getting out there? And what difference does it make if you don't do it? Yeah, so on those mornings when I do, I feel much calmer. I've got a real skip in my step as well, so it helps boost my energy levels. And from a mood perspective, I feel like I can really take on the day. On those mornings where, for whatever reason, I haven't been able to get out, I do feel a little more kind of anxious almost like kind of loosen that kind of the feeling on the chest that you can sometimes get, especially when you've kind of got a busy working day. Yeah, it always starts me off on a good footing when I get outdoors, especially first thing in the morning. Have you got any examples of the impacts that it's had on, on other people as well? Yes, yeah, so we have been in a partnership with the University of Oxford. And in essence, it involved doing some surveys during people's Red January experience. And the most profound things that came out of that were that over 50% of Redders experienced less stress and reduced signs of depressive symptoms thanks to that Red January experience. As well as that, we did see over 30% of the Red community going from being inactive to fairly active. So for those people out there that are listening to this that are beginners, Red January in itself, the nature of it is very flexible. So it's really about whatever you feel comfortable with. So it's amazing to know that Redders out there started with Red January and then improved their activity levels and then in turn improved their mental health as well. We couldn't wish for more really from that experience. It's almost that first step is the hardest, isn't it? So what's the thing that's going to help people make that first step? 
I think we all tend to, or I certainly have in the past, got into a habit of starting the new year and setting these huge goals and then sometimes kind of failing at the first hurdle. So we encourage you to start small and start realistic and set a personal goal as well. Yes, there's people in the community that use it as an incredible opportunity to train for their first marathon or triathlon. And for others, it's really about being able to walk to your local shops every day or leaving the car at home and taking the kids to school on on your bike or really it's whatever works for you. So that's one of our biggest tips is really around starting small, starting realistic. One of the other key things actually that we've seen as part of that Red January experience is people tracking their activities as part of Red January. So we have a downloadable calendar and then you can schedule in your 31 days of activity and actually for people to have that goal and that focus just brings them a lot of sense of purpose that that will motivate you out of bed in the morning on those cold cold and dark mornings as well. And of course, Red January also raises money for charity. Tell us about the charity. So for this year, our official charity partner is Sport in Mind. Sport in Mind do such incredible work in their community. They're in partnership with the NHS And what they do, in essence, is give people a helping hand back into sport. So for those people that are really unwell with their mental health, Sport in Mind are there to help you get back on your feet, literally. To know that the Red Community's money is essentially going back into empowering people to move again for their mental health just couldn't be more fitting. A lot of the time we really want to make this happen, but things just get in the way, either with starting or keeping going. So do you happen to have three or five top tips to help us get fit and stay fit? Definitely. So first top tip is to start small. Second is to start realistic. The third, we'd encourage putting a support network around you. Obviously, there's the red online community, but the more friends and family that you can get involved, the better. The fourth is to track your activities. So as I said earlier, there's a calendar on our website which you can download and track your 31 days of activity. And then the fifth is really all about tracking your mood. If you start to recognise the power of movement on your own mental wellbeing, then you're more likely to do it. So we'd encourage you as well to start tracking your mood as you go. So Hannah, you've got us inspired. How do we join up? How do we sign up? So if you head to redtogether.co.uk, you can sign up there. It's completely free to get involved. And there's a bunch of downloads as well to help you on your way. Also, we would love for you to join the online Red community at Red January UK. It would be fantastic to kickstart 2021 with you. So yeah, come along and join us. So that's the founder of Red January, Hannah Beecham, with tips including keeping track of how much better we feel when we exercise. Now, I'm actually getting quite cold and wet at the moment, but I do know that I'll feel better for it when I get home, which helps me get out in the first place. Time now for an insight into the transformative power of fitness and of the extraordinary adventures it can bring as we hear from Paralympian, wheelchair racer, hand cyclist, ultra-endurance athlete and Ordnance Survey Get Outside champion, Mel Nichols. This time of year it's really difficult because there's not much daylight so to try and fit that outside time in but if you can get out with the sunrise or, or be out with the sunset just makes you feel so much better and it doesn't mean you have to go and smash out a marathon or cycle 50 miles just for being out however long you need it just to clear your head take in the fresh air and just feel better.
you do so much stuff. How did you get started and how has your fitness journey changed along the way? I've always loved being active. I've always loved being outside. I grew up outside making dens and being out on my bike and with the horses and any moment I could, I was outside. You know, everything changed for me when I had my strokes. I've had three strokes, major strokes. And how old were you when you had the first of those strokes? I think I was 22, yeah, when I had the first one. So obviously really young. I can't begin to imagine how big a difference that made. How would you describe it? Oh, I guess, yeah, you, you, I can say it's life-changing because it certainly was. As a you know, 22-year-old, I'd just come out of university, you know, going out with my friends and to suddenly have that time taken away and then having to adapt whilst I recovered from that stroke and then it happened again and again. Certainly tough, yeah, because before my, my last stroke, I was training for a, for a half marathon, I was cycling a lot and all of a sudden I couldn't do those things anymore. So that was quite tough. All of my strokes had affected my left side of my body, but the last one had sort of affected my mobility more. So sort of taking the use of my left leg and some of my left arm. I don't have the balance as well, so I can't stand up without support or without my crutches. I can't walk without my crutches or use my day wheelchair, either if I'm particularly struggling or sort of longer distances sometimes. I've mentioned there the things, quotes, you can't do. But the list of the things you can do and do do, it's absolutely long and it's fabulous. So <laughs> just give us some of the highlights of the stuff you've done since the strokes. When I was in hospital, I wasn't prepared to just sit around and get unfit and wait for better, whatever better was going to be or how much better was going to be. So I think pretty early on, I was planning, I was thinking about what I could do. I do remember watching the Beijing Paralympics whilst I was in hospital, and that certainly was a, a catalyst that inspired me to, to think a bit differently to how I could be active. I always thought when I was younger that everybody could be and probably is good at something, but you just don't get the chance to try. And actually, after my strokes, I had the opportunity to try all these different sports. I kind of found out what was available and got involved and, and got to try loads of stuff, which was amazing. And I think it was yeah, 2010, I saw online there was an opportunity to go and try wheelchair racing. So I went to try it. I did enjoy it. And it sort of led on to meeting my now coach, athletics coach. And 15 months on from trying wheelchair racing, I got the call and I was selected to compete at London 2012 for GB. This time of year is a time when a lot of people think, oh, I'll start getting fit. And of course, actually, unfortunately, it's one of the hardest times of year to do it because you've got those cold, dark mornings and evenings. So on those cold, dark mornings <laughs> and evenings, how did you go about keeping motivated? It's kind of being around people that understand that are in a similar position, that you don't have to kind of explain yourself. So just go in there, you've got that social element, you've got that supportiveness but you're all doing the same thing. You've all got your own goals, your, your own dreams, but you're just working together. So I think that that's always played a really big part. So rainy morning, it's not, not very nice out there. Do you say something to yourself to get yourself <laughs> out? And if so, can we have some of it? No. Probably say a lot of things to myself. <laughs> um, for me, it's about having that goal. You know, when I was back in hospital, I had a goal that for me at the time, it, I had my horse and I needed to get better for my horse. He needed me and I needed him. And I think for me, the goals are, I think they're slightly out of reach. So I just have to push that little bit harder. For me, that's what works. And I think it's very important you have to find you know, what works for you. It's also got to be enjoyable. If you're not going to enjoy what it is you're doing or the reason you're doing it for, you're not going to do it. You're not going to stick to it. And that's, so that's really important. So try and make it part of your daily routine or, you know, if it's not daily, then weekly, however that is, then get it done. And then you've got the rest of the day. Try and 
stick to what you plan. We've talked a little about your Paralympian career. You are also such an adventurer. If you were to list some of your top adventures, what would they be? Well, to be honest, my whole Paralympic career has been pretty much of an adventure. But obviously that kind of moved from London, then European world champs to Rio, a few world records on the track. And then I moved away from the track. Now, my adventure side has always been there. I think my first adventure was just something simple that I'd never been to Scotland other than I think I'd raced at a track in Scotland in 2014. That was the first time I'd ever visited Scotland and I'd always wanted to. I then went off there, took my wheelchair with some off-road wheels, And I just explored and adventured where I could go. I didn't know what I was capable of, but that was kind of the start of things. I have hand cycled parts of France. I have solo hand cycled the Faroe Islands, which was an absolutely incredible adventure. A really, really wild, but beautiful place. I was told that it wasn't set up for cycling for anybody and certainly not a hand cyclist or paracyclist of any kind. So that was a fascinating adventure. And then also recently I hand cycled Land's End John O'Groats attempting to break the hand cycling world record. I think the record was 10 days and eight hours and I set out to break it in nine days. Managed to take a lot more time off that than, than what I planned. So took the record in six days, 22 hours and 17 minutes. And also, Mel, more than a little mountaineering. I set out with a fantastic charity called Adaptive Grand Slam. They're a mountaineering charity for people with disabilities to try and climb my first mountain since my stroke. So that had been kind of a 10-year goal. Yeah, we were in the Alps. None of us quite summited because of the weather actually turned against us, but managed to climb Grand Paradiso, so a 4,000-metre peak in the Alps. So for Mel, why for you is being fit so important? Being fit is really, really important. I enjoy being fit. I enjoy feeling healthy. I like how being fit makes me feel. It gives me more energy. I can do more. I can be involved in a lot more. Being strong and being fit means for me, I'm more able. So there's areas of my body that don't work how they should or they don't work at all. But there's areas that does work. So for me to keep those bits that work well, to work the best that they can work, makes me as able as I can be. So that's really important. If I want to go and climb mountains, or even if I just want to go and walk around the block, push around myself around the block, I need to be able to be independent, be able to do that, and to feel good about it, and to know I can go out the next day and do it again. To have that fitness, to have that health, it's just being fit for life, isn't it? You know, for me, I always say I'm, I'm training for my sport, but I'm training for life as well. So I'm just heading off to my local patch of water for a swim and to be honest the weather's a little bit icky and if I hadn't told people I was going and arranged to meet a friend I might not be bothering. And as we've been hearing with exercise a community and support, virtual or in person, really helps. And the power of communities is something Yvonne Witter knows well. Through her work as Peak District Mosaic Champion and Ordnance Survey Get Outside Champion. My main focus is to work with communities to encourage and support them to get outside more often and to enjoy nature, the natural environment. There's so much out there to see. I'm really passionate about getting outside after working Monday to Friday and to be able to de-stress, enjoy a bit of playtime by walking, cycling and doing things with groups that don't always get out there 
and don't have an understanding of where to go and what to do, and to be together as a group, to socialize, to learn and develop skills so they too can go back to their communities and work with others to get them outside. So there you are, helping lots of other people get out and be active. What about your personal journey in in terms of fitness? How did you get started and what do you love doing? So my personal journey has been a very surprising one to myself. When I was a child, I would never do any PE at school, at secondary school, high school, nothing. I sold my PE uniform after wearing it twice. I was very conscious of my body weight, my body shape, so I wouldn't get involved in any activity. And if there was a short route and it was up a hill, I would go around the long route of six miles instead of going up a hill for one mile. Mm -hmm. So I started walking when I just didn't have enough money to pay bus fare sometimes. So I used to walk it to church and then I used to walk it to university because I, I had to save every penny I have for me and my two kids being a single parent. So carry on from that. I was very stressed at work at one period, very, very stressed. Then I saw a leaflet about a running club. And then I thought, that is the key to something. I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to make a difference and surprise myself. And then I thought, oh my God, everybody can run. Look at me. I am fat. I can't run. That was 2008. And here I am. I'm still a member with the running club. But my biggest achievement is running a marathon for my 50th birthday. That has been the highlight of my journey into physical activity. And why for you does it make so much difference when you do get outside? And put it the other way, what happens if you don't manage to sort of get out and be active? If I don't get out and be active, I get really stressed and annoyed. I feel like I'm just a prisoner behind four walls. So that's one of the reasons why I endeavor to get outside, especially in this pandemic, get outside every morning before I start work. There are two things, aren't there? Two things that are really hard. A lot of it's hard, but sometimes it's the first steps and then it's Mm -hmm. keeping motivated. So if people are listening and thinking, well, I just can't quite take that first step, what kind of advice would you have? I would advise people to take one step at a time. I used to make sure I go out and feel like I'm practicing. So I try and run 15 minutes, then stop. So it's about doing things in small chunks instead of trying to rush off and do everything at once. Do things in small measures. If I said five top tips for getting fit and staying fit. Exercise daily, whether indoor or outdoor. Try to eat right and eat in time get enough sleep, stay motivated and get the support because in, especially in the winter time, it is really good that you have that support and have somebody else going with you because sometimes you may go, the weather, because of the weather, it may be darker, but just that motivation, support to motivate. And Yvonne, when you look back on running a marathon for your 50th birthday, when you look back at the child that that was you, what would you say to your younger self on this? You can do it. Forget about body shape. You have got it. You've got the determination. You've got the motivation to do it. Whatever you put your mind to, you can do it and you will conquer. So that was Ordnance Survey's Get Outside podcast, the Get Fit, Stay Fit edition, produced and edited by me, Belinda Dixon. 
On it, we heard from sport and exercise expert, Professor Greg White. Do more today than you did yesterday. If yesterday you only stood up once, then today stand up twice. The founder of Red January, Hannah Beecham. Track your mood. If you recognise the power of movement on your own mental wellbeing, then you're more likely to do it. Ordnance Survey Get Outside champions Mel Nichols. If you're not going to enjoy what it is you're doing or the reason you're doing it for, you're not going to stick to it. And Yvonne Witter. Take one step at a time. It's about doing things in small chunks. For more on ways to enjoy turning those fitness resolutions into a fitness habit, head to getoutside.uk.